Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I want to get an update on, on, on a situation that we've been monitoring on and off throughout well, throughout the entire season here. Um, and I know, I know, farmers and weather, right? We, I get it. The old adage that farmers always complain about the weather. And yeah, yeah, there's some truth there, sure. I mean, after all, though, the entire industry is dependent on the weather, right? Uh, bad growing conditions, you got trouble, a wicked storm at the wrong time, and the year's crop is gone. It's a lot. And this year, well, forget about it. There's wildfires, there's floods, there's heat, there's drought, all of it at one time or another, in the same place in some instances. Four Alberta counties, I believe, have declared states of agricultural disaster already. We've just got into July. Um, lots of it around crop loss, of course, due primarily to the drought, for the most part. But livestock producers are having a really tough time, too, uh, in much of the province, certainly worse in some areas than others. But let's find out exactly what the situation is. We're going to speak with Sheila Hilmer, who is the vice chair of Alberta Beef Producers. Sheila, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much for allowing our, our time on your show. Yeah, I'm always fascinated and interested in, and like to keep an eye on what's happening out there. So why don't we just talk about when, when you take a look at what's going on in cattle in Alberta and you're trying to monitor the state of the industry, what are the, what are the things you look at? What are the indicators that you keep a close eye on? Well, obviously, uh, you said it well in the opening, um, you know, Mother Nature wasn't very kind in some areas, and, and we're dealing with such extremes, and, you know, this isn't new, but it's certainly the extremes are. So there's anywhere from extreme drought that is, uh, you know, some areas of rain haven't had any rainfall throughout the fall and into spring, and, you know, severe devastation without any sub-moisture coming into the growing season. And then we've got floods, we've had tornadoes, we've got, as you said, fire, so there is region by region, and as you said, there was there is actually five counties have declared a state. Oh, five of now, okay. Yeah, and more to come, obviously, as we assess. And uh, you know, it, it's just really frustrating for everyone. The last thing we want is is a hand up if we could do it ourselves, but we have just never had the lack of predictability like we've had. So we're trying to understand and work with our our delegates and, and producers throughout the the various parts of the the province. We do know there is extreme drought in certain regions, and and that's where some of the state of emergencies have been called, but not all. And we're anticipating more in the next coming days for sure. Um, okay, so when we take a look at what's going on, the, the two of the things are the, the feed side, right? That's always part of the problem when it comes to finding enough feed and all the rest of that. Where are we with that? That was one of the things we talked about last time. Yeah, feed has just become uh, the biggest challenge there. There was, uh, you know, no carryover, which means, you know, a lot of times we'll have almost a full year uh, in stock uh, going into a season. However, because of the droughts like 2021, just a couple of years ago, we were completely depleted on feed yeah. stuff. Pastures were pushed hard and, uh, you know, we just haven't been able to catch up. So we're caught short again. We had a pretty rough uh, couple of quarters of feeding cattle and, and uh, getting through the winter. So, again, reserves have not been built up. Right now, hay didn't uh, start well. We had a cool spring. We had some frost. We had drought. 
all of those conditions meant that the hay crops are poor. And then add the, the fact that a lot of these crops never germinated or they did really well and then have started to burn up. I mean, I think a lot of the dryland crops, you know, started out looking fairly positive, but now with the extreme drought, they've gone to less than nothing. And I'm not even sure it can be salvaged uh, into any type of uh, feed. However, there's always the challenges sure. of, you know, crop insurance and things like that and allowing people to utilize the feed. Um, you know, I know people maybe may not understand that, you know, yeah, some areas have had some pretty good rainfall in the last week or two, but it's too late for those crops to come back. And that's, you know, it's not as simple as, oh, well, we got a rain and we're all things are good. So, uh, and then the other thing, of course, is the drinking water. Like there is a lot of pastures that are running out or have run out of water. And unfortunately, you know, we just don't have the ability to haul water or get water to these locations. So the unfortunate um, uh, risk is that we may lose more cow-calf producers having to liquidate herds again, which we're in an all-time low and, and an all-time high demand for beef. So it's it's just sad to see generations of operations yeah. go through, you know, what could be potentially the end of, of their cattle industry. And Sheila, are we seeing that already? Are we seeing uh, the number of cattle at auction go up? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of these uh, cattle are, are going to have to go into the slaughter program. They will not uh, if when there's no feed around to either buy or or find, there's just no option, and it's just heartbreaking to watch because it is no fault of these farmers and ranchers. So when you talk about working with different reps and talking to different government reps and all the rest, what kind of supports are in place for producers? We talk about crop insurance and things like that, but what about our livestock producers? What programs are there? Well, there is agri-recovery and agri-risk, but, um, you know, a lot of these um, are meant not to be, you know, utilized uh often you know 2021 saw a lot of that trigger and unfortunately it looks like it may happen this year the governments are well aware of this we've been uh talking daily uh with our great and and well-engaged uh people you know we're so fortunate to have people that understand the cattle industry here in alberta and our government and uh so we're looking to see you know what uh what the assessment's going to look like. Nothing has been decided yet, but definitely, you know, the conversation is on and uh, and we're looking to see what and and help understand all the logistics of, of all of the areas in Alberta because apparently, you know, obviously one one program doesn't fit all. It's yeah. very complex, right? What what do you need? What what do you what's the ask? Like when you when you're speaking with different reps and, and government officials and things like that, what what do you do you need them to do to help? Well, um, you know, luckily they are staying um, connected completely with all of the industry right now, and, and they are asking daily for updates. We need our delegates and our producers to keep us informed on on the situation. We're reaching out as well, but the more we know about every aspect and area of the province, mm-hmm. the more we can get more specific and help, uh, you know, inform the government on hopefully next steps and, and how to how to move forward. And like you say, there are some people in government, uh, at the provincial level at least, who who still have ties to the industry and, and have a pretty good understanding of how it works and what the challenges are. What are you seeing in terms of response from the government? Are, are they listening and are they seemingly willing to help you work through this? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they, and you're right. Um, you know, a lot of them are cow-calf producers or, or cattle producers and farmers, and they understand and are going through the same issues. So they're on top of it. They understand the need. And, and like I say, you know, some areas are dealing with floods, for goodness sakes, and then some of us haven't seen a raindrop uh, in, in weeks. And so it, we can't just, you know, look after one part of the sector and not 
um, you know, recognize all of the challenges because you're right. We started off with, well, drought and then fire and extreme heat and, and now tornadoes and all of these other yeah. disasters that just keep it's crazy. building. It's so complex. And, and I know we run out of patience and we're desperate to find answers as producers. And, and so we're trying to, to work quickly and aggressively to assess and see how to move forward and help guide the government. Um, and, you know, Alberta Beef Producers is not alone. It's Alberta Cattle Feeders. It's, uh, you know, it's all, all segments, you know, the, the livestock, Western livestock, all of those guys are helping us all understand the need and hopefully uh, get a, a good informed group uh, and help the government move forward. But, it, I mean, in the future, we're hoping to build something that is more predictive, more proactive, you know, if we could get water and infrastructure to other parts of the the provinces that don't normally get a lot of moisture and we could, you know, mitigate some of the risk, that would be awesome. We knew we had some irrigation challenges in what we call feedlot alley early in the spring as well, which delayed moisture coming into the crops. So there is so many things that continue to just plague us. Um, and it just, it never gets easy, let's say that. But I guess we're a resilient bunch, and I'm proud of that. Yeah, you definitely are. And like you say, I mean, this year is going to throw every kind of challenge it possibly can by the looks of it. Who knows what's left? I mean, in terms of forecast, can things be turned around here pretty quickly if the conditions improve the right way? I don't know if they will, but I mean, what are we hoping for? Well, I mean, we're always hoping for rain, obviously. I mean, we need to get our, our uh, uh, sub-moisture back up in the soils. We need to get water filled up in pastures. We have grasshoppers that are so pandemic in most places that they are single-handedly taking out the rest of the forage that's there. And, you know, as we all know, too, we're not just feeding cattle, we're feeding wildlife as well. And everything is hungry and everything is thirsty and everything is challenging our limited uh, forage ability. So rain is absolutely a must. That is by far our single best fix. But for now, it looks like we're probably limited on the response of our pastures and crops because uh, we are coming into, you know, pretty late season. Yep. Crops take 90 to 120 days to grow. I doubt we'll have the heat units to do that, even if we did get good adequate rain supply. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Sheila, uh, thanks so much. Great insight. I really appreciate you being here. Well, and thanks so much for allowing a voice and, and for keeping engaged in this because it is so important that people hear the message, help our governments move forward, and continue the conversation. And we so appreciate your support. Excellent. Thank you, Sheila. Appreciate it. We'll chat again.